The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Uh, let's just uh, have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this bright and beautiful day. We thank you for beautiful faces, beautiful anointed people. And as we enter into your presence, Lord, let all our worship flow to you. Oh, Lord, let our worship be accepted in your presence. Lord, be with us today. Anoint our hearing. Anoint our speaking. Touch our hearts. Bless us, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. So, thank you, choir. Let's give a great hand to the best choir in the world. Amen. And don't get used to it. Uh, our screen is very beautifully clear. Very beautifully clear. Very beautifully clear. And our choir is beautifully dressed. And we are all beautiful people in the presence of our Holy Father. Amen? Amen. Let's not get used to it. Let's clap for ourselves. Not for the Lord, for ourselves. That we are beneficiaries of grace. And we have received God's message. Amen and amen. So today we are going to talk about the heart. The heart. Glory be to God. And um, there's a phrase I wrote and I started laughing, I started debating. And the first thing I want to talk about is the biological heart as an archetype of the metaphorical heart. And I said, which thing happened? Now fight? Which one be biological? Archetype? Metaphorical? Which thing happened now? Because I think in very precise English, you know, there are two words could be similar, but if you know the nuances of the difference, if you use the other one, you are not exactly accurate. You know that? Okay? So this was what I had in mind. So after writing it, I say, ah, waiting. We are not uh, doing a PhD in English. So I thought of um, rewriting it. And one of the first things that came to my head, I say, lie will we. You know, lie will we. Lie will we means without making reference to the textbook. In those days, if you spoke big English that was above our head, we would say, ah, ah, lie will we. 
So after saying lie away, we'll and I remembered my school sat and what it did to me. I did French in school sat. You know, 1973. I think half of us were not yet born. So, and I thought I was very good in French. And I fully expected to have a distinction in French. So when it now came to, I think it was comprehension. The title of the comprehension just threw me off and I started sweating on the spot. Can you sweat within one second? Within one second, I was sweating. Because they said, Amandien Habil. Hey! Voila, they... Three words. I only knew one. Uh, meaning one. Mondian, where did it be Mondian? Habil, for where? Ah. So, two thoughts of the topic I didn't understand. I say, ah. Which kind of school should be this? <laughs> Amen. But uh, I later now read the article and I concluded from the reading that this is the meaning of Mondian. This is the meaning of habil. But from that time, I added those two words to my French vocabulary. And believe you me, I still had my distinction in that language. Anybody here speaks French? Anybody speaks French? Who? Nobody. Tu parles un peu? Tu parles un peu aussi? Voilà. <clears throat> Listen. This is probably the only person you know who passed A-level French. I also passed A-level French. All along, everybody that did French in university used to have S in A-level. And they will still admit you, otherwise the faculties will be empty. There will be nobody in faculty of French. So everybody used to have S. I'm the only one that didn't. In all the years before and after me. So don't joke with my French. Amen. But... In the first second of my school sat friend, I started sweating because of words that I had never heard. So I want to assure you, if you add a few more words to your vocabulary in church today, it will not be a sin. It will not be a sin. So you can add it to your vocabulary. If it wasn't in my vocabulary, it wouldn't have come out. Amen. So the first thing we will look at is the biological heart as an archetype of the metaphorical heart. What does that mean? You know what biological means. You know, when we were in Form 1, one abuse they used to use for us and we didn't know the meaning. They will, a senior student will just see you and say, you come here! You're a physics, chemistry, biology. Hey! Say, Kai! The guy speak English, knuckles. But now when I say biology, you know what I mean, right? Okay. Archetype means representative of. Symbolic of. That's what archetype means. So we are going to use the natural heart to be symbolic of the metaphorical heart. Metaphorical means figure of speech. Not literal. You know, the heart is an organ in the body. But if I say somebody has a good heart, I'm not talking of the organ in the body. So that heart, therefore, is 
metaphorical. You understand? Mm -hmm. So if your vocabulary is two words richer from church, it is not what? It's not the same. Amen. So, if, you, if your plan is to chase a wife, okay, you can use those two words on her. You know, before you finish, you will say yes. Just go to her, say archetype, metaphorical. Finish. Finish. Very simple. Amen. Okay. So, could we have the video now? The heart is located in the center of the chest, inclined slightly towards the left-hand side. It shares the interior of the rib cage with the lungs. In cross-section, we can see that it's hollow and divided into four chambers. The heart is basically a sack of specialized muscle filled with blood, oxygen-rich blood and oxygen-poor blood. Connected to these chambers are the largest blood vessels in the body. From these branch out the lesser blood vessels, which, along with the blood, comprise the rest of the circulatory system. The heart powers the circulatory system. It is the pump, and pumping blood is its one and only job. The circulatory system distributes food and oxygen to, and takes wastes away from, each of the individual cells of the human body. The blood vessels reach these cells by branching out into capillaries, the smallest and most plentiful blood vessels. The blood carries the food and oxygen, which pass through the thin walls of the capillaries and directly into the living cells. At the same time, wastes from the cells pass back into the capillaries. Without a constant supply of fresh blood, the cells would quickly die. It's the heart's job to keep the blood in motion. Amen. Please clap for the uh, CMM team. This is a beautiful job. This is a beautiful job because what I gave them did not contain the major of the um, major of the text and the video. So that's a lot of work that has happened only this morning. So, thank you very much. That was a beautiful job. Now you will say to yourself, there's trouble today. After trying to teach us English, he also wants to teach us biology. Which happened? You know, the senses of the natural body are replicated in the spirit, in the spiritual. That is the way it is. Do you understand? You have five senses. Eh? You can see. You can touch. You can hear. You can smell. You can feel. Yes? Those are the five natural senses. Biological, physiological senses. Those things exist exactly like that in the spirit. Most of the time when I'm doing deliverance, I am seeing everything happening in the spirit. I am seeing everything. That same way, 
I have gone into hell before. I have gone into heaven before. I have seen the history of specific oppressions right from the root. I have seen people and been describing the people I'm seeing. And the person says, ah, that one was my dad. Ah, that one was my auntie. I will describe in detail. I am not seeing with my natural eyes. I am seeing with my spiritual eyes. Do you understand? Whenever Jesus wanted to explain a spiritual thing, he will start giving you a parable with natural things. Do you understand? Good. So, the heart that we see, the natural heart, is symbolic of and is similar to the spiritual and metaphorical heart that we want to talk about. Okay? So we will now go through the transcript of that stuff. Okay? The first thing, the heart is located in the center of the chest, inclined slightly towards the left-hand side. So the heart is central. Even in the spirit world and in your spiritual life, your heart is central. TMM, I didn't see that one. I hope we have it. The heart is located in the center. We have it. Yeah, because um, some of us learn better from hearing. Some learn better from seeing. Some will not remember unless they write. Some will not remember if they write. Yes. I, I, I had a boy like that, and I was amazed at his memory. He would say, he actually works for me. He would say, no, that's not what we said about that. We said like this, like this, like this. Uh, and that's the meeting he passed through. He only passed through. And I was wondering, then one day we were showing a projection, and I saw that he couldn't see. I had to arrange uh, uh, stuff for him, you know, eye tests and all that. I saw that he could not see. And I was shocked. You mean when we are in this meeting, so I do this, we do this, Ah, if your eyesight is so bad, how did you cope in school? He said he never wrote, never took notes. How come? You know what the problem was? He could not see. And he hated glasses. So he would pretend to see. And he would not write. He would put everything in his brain. Okay? But he was doing very well. He actually had double promotion. To compensate for his inability to see and therefore inability to write, he trained his memory to remember everything. So, he does not forget. Even things handled by me to till now, he still remembers it more than me from just being there. These are compensation. You would also notice that some people that um, 
for example, if they, if, if they don't see, if they're totally blind, they probably hear better than all the rest of us. I told you I've been blind before. No, no, I told you, you've forgotten. I've been blind before. And while I was blind, my hearing was so ridiculously sharp, I couldn't believe it. So senses compensate for each other. That's a biological fact. Yeah? Okay. So the heart is central. Secondly, it shares the interior of the rib cage with the lungs. That means protection. Biologically, I'm sorry, I'd like to know, do we have these particular ones? I'm not seeing them. Who is projecting from CMM? Do we have this? We don't? Oh my goodness. It's not too late because I gave it to them. So, if need be. Okay. Now, the heart and the lungs are together inside the rib cage. They are protected. So, the heart is next to the breath of life. It is the lungs that filter air. And those places, they are powerfully protected by the rib cage. They are not easy to reach. I was telling my elder brother, who, who, is, who is a medical doctor, I said, yay, I'm feeling pain in my heart. That something is wrong with my heart. He said, how do you know? I said, when I put my hand like this, I feel the pain. He started laughing. He laughed. He said, if anything is wrong with your heart, you can't feel it by touching. The heart is totally encased. Did you notice in that thing? The heart is totally encased. Totally. Your stomach, you can know what's happening in your stomach if you press it like this. There's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing protecting your stomach. You understand? Huh? Uh-huh. Nothing protecting your cheek, your forehead. Nothing protecting your thigh. Your heart and your lungs are totally protected by God. By God. By God. You must protect your heart. If you don't do, you are dead. And we look at different ways of doing that today. So in cross section, we can see that it is hollow and divided into four chambers. The heart is hollow. What does that mean? The heart is created to receive things. That's why it's hollow. A stone is not hollow. A stone is not expected to receive and imbibe anything. But the heart is hollow. When you look at it from the outside, that is not clear to you, but in fact, the heart is hollow. You can receive things into your heart, and you can push things out of your heart. Okay? The heart is basically a specialized muscle filled with blood. Oxygen-rich blood, oxygen-poor blood, this means there is a cohabitation of good and bad in your heart Good and bad cohabit. 
blood comes in. It is treated and good blood comes out. The vein and the artery, they are different. One is for carrying um, oxygen poor blood. One is for carrying oxygen rich blood. You must have chambers in your heart to receive and imbibe the right thing. And there are other parts of your heart that must pump out and push out the bad. Now, connected to these chambers, I'm using the exact words of the video, by the way. Connected to these chambers are the largest blood vessels in the body. From this branch out, the lesser blood vessels, which along the blood comprise the rest of the circulatory system. So the heart, through the circulatory system, let me finish the rest so that I will explain totally. Okay? So the heart powers the circulatory system. It powers it. Okay? The circulatory system distributes food and oxygen to and takes waste away. Okay? The system takes what you need. What you cannot survive without. Takes it to the heart. Okay? And the same heart takes waste away from each of the individual cells of the human body. The heart is the only organ that is connected to every single cell of your body. Every single cell. Okay? So, this is invisible interconnectivity through what is called capillaries. So the blood carries food and oxygen which are the necessities and imperatives through the capillaries and back. Okay? Now, I'll end with that. What this is telling you is this. You don't see your heart. Have you seen my heart before? Have you seen my heart before? But how do you know that a person is dead? Is it when his legs are cut off? Huh? Is it when he is blind? Huh? Is it when he cannot hear? When do you know that a person is dead? When the heart stops beating. When the heart stops beating, that is when a person is dead. Because the stoppage of the heart cuts away oxygen to all the cells of the body. They cannot be fed. So the heart is the internal life giver of the body. The heart is the internal life giver. Glory be to God. So, with what I have said, I will say, play the video again. Now, you remember the things that I have said. Now, play the video again, because we are going to go back to each of those things in a particular way. Can I have the video again? The heart is located in the center of the chest, inclined slightly towards the left-hand side. It shares the interior of the rib cage with the lungs. 
In cross-section, we can see that it's hollow and divided into four chambers. The heart is basically a sac of specialized muscle filled with blood, oxygen-rich blood and oxygen-poor blood. Connected to these chambers are the largest blood vessels in the body. From these branch out the lesser blood vessels which, along with the blood, comprise the rest of the circulatory system. The heart powers the circulatory system. It is the pump, and pumping blood is its one and only job. The circulatory system distributes food and oxygen to, and takes wastes away from, each of the individual cells of the human body. The blood vessels reach these cells by branching out into capillaries, the smallest and most plentiful blood vessels. The blood carries the food and oxygen, which pass through the thin walls of the capillaries and directly into the living cells. At the same time, wastes from the cells pass back into the capillaries. Without a constant supply of fresh blood, the cells would quickly die. It's the heart's job to keep the blood in motion. Amen. Now, don't you deserve to receive a PhD in biology right now? Huh? No, do you deserve it or you don't? Amen. Remember, your spiritual eyes and your human eyes are very similar. They work in the same way. You see with them. You understand? You see with them. Your spiritual heart, your inner man. See, your spiritual heart is a person. Your inner man is patterned after, as a matter of fact, it's the other way around. You are a spirit. You have a body, you have a soul, and you live in a body. It's the other way around. Do you understand? Now, the eyes of your spirit are forever. The eyes of your flesh will expire. Amen. The eyes of your spirit will live forever, but the eyes of your flesh will expire. In the same way, your inner man, your heart within, is divine. It is immortal. It is eternal. It lives forever. But the heart, the physical heart that we just looked at, will stop beating, will expire, will rot, will no longer be found even when your bones are still visible. Do you understand? Good. So, but your natural heart can give you a clear glimpse of how your spiritual heart is and how it works. You get the picture now? 
Believe you me, if we didn't go any further, you would have achieved a lot by knowing that your heart feeds into and touches every part of your spiritual life and of your spiritual man. Your heart supports it. It feeds it. It fills it with what it needs. It helps to take out, purify what is. And you know that the lungs bring in clean air. They work together. Amen? Now, we will now go to the human heart. I'll start with a definition. The dictionary definition. The human heart is considered as the center or source of emotions and personal attributes. Specifically, your inmost thought and feeling. Your consciousness or conscience. For example, to know in your heart. Okay? Now, it is the source of emotions. Okay? It's your disposition comes from there, for example, somebody may have a kind heart. The any of various human feelings, love, devotion, sympathy, loyalty, they are matters of the heart. They are matters of the heart. Your mood, your feeling, you can be said to have a heavy heart. Heavy heart. Your spirit, your resolution or courage, Somebody can be said to lose heart. Okay, so. That is the metaphorical heart. But that metaphorical heart is the one that is more important. The one that lives forever. That metaphorical heart is central to your spiritual life. The natural heart is central to your natural life. Okay? So let us now see what is the thing, what does the Bible say about the heart? The first thing is that the heart is wicked. It is corrupted. You know, Adam said, the wife you gave me, he did not take responsibility. Eve did not force him to eat the fruit. God did not force him to eat the fruit. And when he was giving account to God, he instantly said, the wife you gave me. In other words, he was saying, it's your fault. That's wickedness. That is wickedness. Some people are never guilty. Anything that happens, they will find somebody that is responsible for it. This morning I was running late. So I said to my wife, you, you lated me. <laughs> yes! You must find, I said, good African, must find somebody to blame. You, you lated me. I'm sure you never heard that English before. <laughs> Amen? So, Cain, the first human being that was born, committed murder. He did not create any life, but he took life 
He took the life of his own brother. These things are proceeding from the heart. The, the corrupted heart. This is unimaginable. And then after committing murder, and God said, where's your brother? He had the effrontery to say, am I my brother's keeper? That's an area boy now. That's an area boy. That, the heart is wicked. From Adamo to Evo to Kenyo, right from the first sin, the heart became wicked. Joseph's brothers, they were able to sell their own brother. They delivered the good. Oh, yeah, give us the money. They collected the money for their brother. What kind of people are those? Do you think that is normal? That's the heart. That's the heart. Okay? Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due with rewards according to what their actions deserve. Now that is going to be a problem for people whose hearts remain unregenerated. Whether you are born again or not, God gives all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a person sows, he will repeat, born again or not born again. Because many people, we are abusing and turning that scripture upside down. You'll get it. According to what your actions deserve. So number two, it is from the heart that sin originated. In Satan, the father of sinners, sin was born inside the heart of Satan. The next, the first human being to sin was Eve. And it was because she did not believe God. Through deception, she involuntarily adopted the heart of Satan. Because she was deceived, she involuntarily adopted the heart of Satan. Be careful what you adopt, what you identify with, what you acquiesce to, what you are complicit in, what you participate in, what you ingest, what you believe. What you consider. Be extremely careful. Proverbs 27, 19. As in water, face answered to face. So the heart of man to man. NLT says, as a face is reflected in water. So the heart reflects the real person. <coughs> It is not your words. It is not how much scriptures you know or quote. It is not what you preach. It's not what you preach. Okay? It is your heart that reflects the real you. 
You understand? Now, message. Just as water mirrors your face, so your face mirrors your heart. NIV. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Amplified. And this is the one I find best. As in water, face answers to and reflects face, so the heart of man to man. It is your heart that reflects you. That is what shows the real you. You cannot be working on your faith, working on your knowledge, your intelligence, uh, your knowledge of the world, praying, fasting, and ignore the real you and the representation of the real you, which is your heart. The heart can be worked upon. Amen. Adam was not deceived, but he disobeyed anyhow. In Genesis 2.16, you will see that you will not eat of this thing was said only to Adam. Eve had not yet been made. And remember, it is from the encasing of the heart that the woman was made out of the man. Because God took what? A rib. Right next to the heart, God took a rib. But it was not from the breath that was inside Adam that Eve received her breath. Eve's breath was original from God. (laughs) Amen. That breath was original from God. That means you independently account to God. Absolutely independent of every other person, of your parents, of your spouse, of your friends, your teacher, your pastor, your mentor, absolutely independently, you have no excuse for inheriting their faults. Absolutely independent. So you must weigh what every person says. You must wait. And you must filter it through your spirit man and through the word. You must. Because oh why oh they say it, you're on your own. <laughs> Glory be to God. <laughs> okay, so. Number three, the heart is the invisible seat of your motives and decisions. It is the headquarters of your being. It is the headquarters of your being. Let me tell you. If many people spend 10% of the time they spend fighting the enemies, fixing their own heart, they will be 10 times better on earth and in the presence of God. Do you understand? Everything is your enemy and your breakthrough. Fall down and die. If you have been doing fall down and die for the past 10 years, and that person has not fallen down and died, should you continue? Do you understand? The biggest battle is, the, is within. 
not without. That's, that's where you have your big, biggest victory, within. It's not without. Amen. Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Too many people's heart is overfixated on their natural comfort, on their social success. That is where their heart is. But those things are supposed to be peripheral because the word tells you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things shall be added. So many people are disobeying God by the order of their priorities. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Many people's treasure are on earth. And that has to change. Okay? In 1 Samuel 16, 7, you will see that God was saying to Samuel, don't look on the outward man. I see only on the inside. Number four, the heart can be hard or hardened like stone. In Job, Job 41, verse 24. Oh, okay. If we start from verse 1. He said, can you draw out Leviathan, that's the sea monster, with an hook, or his tongue with a cord, which thou lettest down? Leviathan is the sea monster. I'll say a bit about that. And verse 24, his heart is as firm as a stone, yes, as hard as a piece of nether millstone. Verse 34, he beholdeth all high things, and he is king over all the children of pride. This is a natural creature made by, made by God. And the person speaking here is God. And who was he talking to? He was talking to Job. He was querying Job. Can you handle Leviathan? Let me tell you about Leviathan. You see, in spiritual things, God refers to natural things for purposes of illustration. Do you understand? So don't be worried at how much I look into the heart there. God himself was querying this guy here. Okay? So, he beholded all high things. He's a king over all the children of pride. He is hard-hearted. Do you know what? Have you been seeing the Chinese dragon? You've seen the Chinese draw dragons. And you have heard about the Loch Ness monster, haven't you? Eh? This is Leviathan. After Noah, after Noah, Leviathan was still in existence, and people knew it. People knew this beast. Beast of the sea that could sometimes come into land, and the Chinese flame it as throwing flames of fire. His breath was hot. It 
is not a fable. People knew it. Where is it now? Have you seen one life before? But God is referring to it to Job. Job was a contemporary of Moses. Hmm? So I think this was about 4,000 years ago. Since then, this monster, this animal, appears to have disappeared. Why? You will find it in your Bible. Ah, really? Psalm 74, verse 13. What I want to show you is that this epitome of a hard heart is now virtually extinct. Virtually. Verse 13. It was you who split open the sea by your power. This is from NIV. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the heads of Leviathan and gave it as food to the creatures of the desert. So we are told that God dealt with this monster specifically, deliberately. God dealt with it. God resents a hard heart. That's the point. Even the natural beast, monster, that God himself was referring to as the king of the children of pride, stout-hearted, hard-hearted, fearless, that no man can stand by, God himself brought him down. If you return a hard heart, God will bring you down. Be very careful. Some people boast about how hard they are. I watched a guy in my secondary school and I said to myself, I'm sure Satan lives inside this guy because I don't understand. He and a guy, they just had a slight argument and pa, 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 he hit the guy. Now this guy was extremely athletic. You understand? Pa, 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 he hit the guy, gum. He carried his hand, held his hand, eh? and somersaulted. You're holding a human hand, then you somersault. Do you know what that would have done to the hand? Can you imagine? He now leant down, took that hand, put it here, here. And he said, Ow! Broke the hand. Then he looked like that. Ah. That's Satan, man. That's the devil, man. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Some people, they are fighting. Boom! They give you a blow in the eye. I was a very good boxer, including with gloves. I always avoided the eye. There's no way I would deliberately hit your eye. What spirit is in you? That you are going for somebody's eye. You follow me? 
Glory be to God. And that's what some people will say. They will. I say, Moshe, I want your funny. Ah, Clefi. Ah. Amy Brani. Ah. Amen. I'm not proud to say this, but I'm true to myself. There's a particular man of God, heavy in the world, highly anointed in the world. I used to read his books a lot, very useful. But when I saw him at close quarters, I backed down and started worshiping somewhere. So a friend of mine that worships in his church, and I said, ah, we know they see you for Kenny. This was long, long ago. I said, leave that one. He said, no. I know you respect this guy's revelation. Why did you leave? I said, leave that one. So when he pressed me too much, I said, that guy, his heart is wrong. He's wicked. And God is not wicked. He said, ah, he's not wicked. Though. I said, you don't know him. I know the things I've seen. For me to say a man of God is wicked... I'm not a child. Do you understand? And I am afraid of God and I don't take the servants of God lightly. You understand? I said, you kept pressing me. I don't want to tell you a lie. That's why I backed out. He was there for another nearly 10 years. Then I now saw him somewhere. <laughs> oh boy, how far now? <laughs> he said, the man is wicked. I said, <laughs> I said, you finally saw it. He would do things and you would think this is the devil at work. No, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear the word from you because you are your heart. Yes. Revelation and all that, those things are gifts from God. They belong to God. There's nothing we have that God did not give us. Do you understand? Don't show off with what you know. Or with what you have. You understand? Your heart is you. I say, ah. Now this kind wicked man I will be coming to listen to, I beg you, I voted with my feet. Ten years after, the guy says, he told me that as at that time that I said that, he had been noticing it but he didn't want to believe it. I say, I didn't want to believe it too. But I looked very well and I said, ah, no be like this. Amen? Glory be. So the heart can be softened. It can be of flesh. Ezekiel 36, 26. A new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you an heart of flesh. Many of us need a new heart. And stop pointing to other people. Look at yourself. Many people need a new heart. Now the heart can be spiritually or otherwise externally controlled. Second Samuel 19.14 He bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they sent this word unto the king. Return thou and all thy servants. 
God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. In Ezra 6.22, God turned the heart of the king of Assyria. Verse 22, he kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of Assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. You see, so the heart of kings is in the hand of the Lord. Okay? Now, but God is not responsible for the state of your heart. So you cannot say, the heart of kings is is in the hand of the Lord. (laughs) So, if that is how my heart is, God is the one that made it like that. (laughs) You can't point back to God because you are made in the image of God and God is sovereign. You have a measure of sovereignty. You are responsible for you. You are responsible for your heart. The essence of saying that the heart of kings is in the house of the Lord is that God is capable of controlling anything and anyone. But God will not always intervene. In many things, God does not interfere. So, why pray? One of the reasons we pray is to invoke God's interference. Because dominion on earth has been given to man. Dominion on earth has been given to man. God does not ordinarily intervene in the normal course of things. That is why a diligent man will do well. A lazy man will do woefully. A diligent unbeliever will do well. A lazy saint will do woefully. Let him pray and fast for breakthrough from now to kingdom come. He will still do woefully. God does not normally intervene. One of the reasons we pray is to invoke the interference of God. Amen? Many of the countries that have done very well, they are not Christian at all. They are not Christian at all. China has done very well. Much of Europe, yes, when they started doing well, they were Christian, but uh, uh, places like Japan, they've done extremely well. They are not Christian. Dubai, Qatar have done brilliantly. They are not Christian. No. You will reap what you sow. It's a natural law. (laughs) Amen? So the heart can be deceived. Amnon thought that he loved Tamar. And this issue of deception of your heart is a very, very serious thing. Let me spend a little time here. In 2 Samuel 13, verse 1, it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister. Fair means fine. The girl and a babe. You know babe? You don't see babe before. Hmm? The girl and a babe. In fine. Her name was Tamar. Amnon, the son of David, loved her. See? Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Verse 14. How be it, he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she forced her and lay with her. He raped his half-sister. He raped her. Is that love? 
by force. She was not concerned. She was not willing. Ah, this, this is folly in Israel. This is against the law of God. He raped her. Then, verse 15. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said, Arise, be gone. So, did Amnon love Tamar? Huh? Be very careful. Many of the things that you call love, eh? You are deceived, though. Your heart is deceived. It's too common. It is extremely common. Sometimes you need discernment and you need God. Listen. You can love anyhow. You cannot marry everyone you will love. Therefore, stop breaking your head over I love this person. Please. Stop breaking your head. Okay? And you do not have to love a person before you marry the person. Who is quarreling with me? <laughs> Who is quarreling with me? Let me tell you. Did Isaac love his wife before marrying her? Eh? Did Rebecca love Isaac before marrying him? Eh? God owns you. You throw yourself into him. He provides for you in different ways. Do you understand? He provides for you in different ways. The ways are different. He will not use the same system every time. I once loved a sister. And she loved me. And God said, don't say anything to her. What happened now? He said, that's not your wife. I said, ah, we can change that. <laughs> say, no. I beg you now. No. No. And as a spiritual man, I will take her and we'll go on a stroll at night. Oh. We'll go on a stroll. I will hold her hand and I wouldn't see anything. And they get the look. Oh boy, say something. No? <laughs> I don't say nothing. This God, God has said, that's not your wife. I tried my best to convince God. You know, Grio. And that was it. I did not do anything about it. Was that legal or illegal? Was it legal or illegal? Huh? Tell me now. Was it legal? Eh? Was it illegal? Is what? Eh? You know, go. No idea. You don't know. No, that was all very right. Your heart can wander anywhere. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Your heart can wander anywhere. But bring it back under control. Mm. Bring it back. God says, 
she's not your wife. What am I now doing with her? Hmm? I think I just graduated at that time. This was within one or two years of graduating. Hmm? I still find her very sweet, too. And she and her husband, they visit me. <laughs> her husband is such a nice man, very nice man. I find him very sweet too. No, seriously. Seriously. Stop wasting your time with a roaming heart. Don't allow your heart to roam. Call it to order. Don't waste your time and another person's time with what is barren. Amnon was deceived. It was our flesh. Everybody say flesh. flesh. Hey, you can love in the flesh. No problem. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. If that relationship is not born of God, it is doomed to failure. Any marriage resulting from it can still fail or be totally miserable. Let God be the one guarding every part of you, including your heart. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. So the heart is God's first area of interest. David was a man after God's heart. King Saul was also humble and good at heart. Then, another thing, the heart can change. For good or for evil. Like the heart of King Saul changed. And it became as if King Saul was not a man of God at all. The heart can change. So what are you to do with your heart? Number one, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else. Above your knowledge of scriptures. Above healing. Above serving in church. Above praise and worship. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the cause of your life. It determines the cause of your life. NIV says, everything you do flows from it. What we are talking about now is, what do you do with your heart? Number two, don't commit yourself to men. John 2, 24 to 25, Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew what was in man. Okay? That same thing from New Living Translation. It says, Nicodemus, a religious leader, visits Jesus. From verse 23. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. Many people began to trust in Jesus because of what? Because of the miracles. 
Okay? Now, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew human nature. No one needed to tell him what mankind is really like. You know, when I say, don't commit yourself to men, you may say, this man is not spiritual. He is being hard. He's being heartless. But even people that were trusting in Jesus, Jesus did not trust them because he knew the human nature. Wow. But, number three, commit yourself to some. <laughs> number two is, don't commit yourself to men. But number three is, commit yourself to some. And I'll take you through scriptures on that too. Okay? Ah, glory be to God. Ah. You know what I said? I said to myself that I'll try to cover everything in each of the services. But I had a joker up my sleeve. That if I don't, there will be a part one and a part two. And you can obtain the one that you missed if you miss any of them. Huh? But I don't like cut skimming on the surface so that you will not get the depth of it. So I cannot conclusively say that there will be a part one and a part two. So the 10 o'clock worship experience will be part two. Amen? Um. I'm feeling a bit guilty. Now, the people that will not be there in the next worship experience, raise up your hand. Raise up where? You will not, raise up where? You will not be there in the next worship experience. Raise up where? Okay. How many of you know how to download? <laughs> you, you know how to download from the internet? Raise up your hand. Uh-huh. So, what... Is missing from this. You will download. <laughs> you download it. Both of them will be available. They will be. Uh, uh, there will be podcasts. Uh, there will be uh, the YouTube. Uh, everything will be available for you. Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> glory be to God. Um. I would say this because I want to I want to stop here. I don't want us to run into the other service. Your heart is you. But the fact that you are born again doesn't make your heart born again. So you must work on your heart. Many things, you see, the heart can be sick like any other part of the body. Spiritually, too. Your heart can be sick. It's, it's, it is not different from... Some people, their eyes are blind spiritually. 
They have never seen anything in their life. Hey, I saw this thing in the spirit. Eh, you saw? Where is it? They've never seen anything. That doesn't mean they are seen as well. Do you understand? Some people never hear anything. They say, God, I say, God told me this and this. Eh? How did he tell you? They never hear anything. Eh? But that is not the will of God. Do you understand? It is not the will of God. All these things can be changed. Amen? All of them can be changed. Um, if you'd like to give your life to Christ, you want to commit your life to Christ, you're not born again, and you want to get born again now, can you please raise up your hand where you are? We're not going to leave you out. God is not going to leave you out. Amen? You want to give your life to Christ. You want him to take control of your heart. Amen. Okay. Now, secondly, you have been, you have received a conviction from the Spirit of God that your heart needs to change. Certain parts of your heart needs to change. And you want to lay it before God to start working on it. The same way you may need healing for your body and you want to lay that before God. Please raise up your hand where you are. Raise up your hand where you are. There are certain parts of your heart that you want God to work on. Put that hand on your chest. Put it towards the left hand side. Put it towards the left hand side. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon every heart with this hand laid on it as a point of contact, Lord. And we say, Lord, begin to walk upon this heart for good in the name of Jesus. Let the heart be a reflection of your nature, Lord. Let the heart be a heart that will receive blessings and that will reap the right rewards in the spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for those that will not physically be present for the second part, that Lord, you will make it up to them. And you give them the grace to download it and hear it and receive the same blessing as if they are there in the name of Jesus. Those of them that have no solid reason not to be here, but were planning to leave, Keep them here so that uh, they will hear in person. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Amen.